At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, we'll talk about why I pronounced the word aggravate in a way that irritated many of you, the difference between interment and internment, and why Norwegians use the word Texas to mean wild or crazy. And if you're a Stitcher Premium subscriber, you can get a bonus episode this week, too, about the origin of Schoolhouse Rock and all the ways it lives on today. I learned a bunch of things I didn't know, and you're going to love it. If you're not a subscriber already, you can try it free for one month at stitcherpremium.com slash grammar with the offer code grammar. Schoolhouse rock. It rocks. And now, on to my pronunciation quirks. A couple of weeks ago, I had a segment about the difference between the words aggravate and irritate. The point was that traditionally, aggravate meant to make something worse, whereas something that irritates you can be new. It's not a widely enforced rule, but afterward, I got comment after comment from people who heard me saying aggravate, like scrambled eggs, instead of aggravate with an A. And a couple of especially attentive listeners noticed that I do the same thing when I'm telling you about Dragonfly Editorial, the company run by one of my frequent guest writers, Samantha Enslin. Many people hear me say dragonfly with an E instead of dragonfly with an A. I was completely unaware that I do this. If I think about it hard, I can see how maybe I say those words with an E sound, but it's really hard for me to hear the difference. And it took me a while to figure out if this is a common dialect thing or just me because I was searching for egg and egg. But eventually I discovered that it's called the bag-bag merger, B-A-G and B-E-G, maybe because those are the words for which the difference jumps out most at people. Remember the pin-pen merger we talked about a few months ago? It's when people say the word pen like pin, as in hand me that pin instead of hand me that pen, and it's common in dialects of the southern United States. Well, the bag-bag merger is similar in that people say, hand me that bag instead of hand me that bag. But it's most common in the Pacific Northwest of the United States and in Western Canada. I grew up near Seattle, so it makes sense that I have this dialect marker. And as you can probably tell from my pronunciations here, I have no trouble differentiating between pin and pen, but I really struggle to differentiate between bag and bag. What I found especially interesting is that it seems to only happen before the consonant G. Some of you may have noticed that pattern. Aggravate, dragonfly, and bag. They all have an A before a G. 
So there you go. I can't tell you why the bag-bag merger came to be, but I can tell you that you weren't imagining that I pronounce aggravate and dragonfly in a way that's different from how you pronounce them, and that it's a real known linguistic phenomenon. Next, I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between interment and internment. Both are unpleasant, but they mean different things. Interment is being buried in the ground. After you die, if you choose to be buried, your body is interred. It comes from the Latin words for in the earth, in and terra. It's the same terra that gives us the words terrarium, territory, terrain, and the dog of the earth, the terrier. Here's an example. The family stopped fighting long enough to attend grandfather's interment. Internment refers to being confined or detained, especially for political reasons and without trial. It comes from a French word that means to send to the interior or to confine. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the phrase internment camp was first published in 1904 in the London newspaper The Observer to describe a camp for Russian refugees. Here's a more recent example. More than 110,000 Japanese-American citizens and resident Japanese aliens were sent to internment camps in the United States during World War II. As an aside, I visited Manzanar, one of the internment camps, a few years ago when we were on a road trip, and it was well worth the stop. It's now a National Historic Site, run by the National Park Service, dedicated to preserving this shameful part of our country's history so people don't forget. Finally, this tip also made me think of a common error I used to hear when I was a professor. Students would talk about getting an intern instead of getting an internship. The position is called an internship, and the person who has the position is called an intern. Students would sometimes say something like, I'm doing an intern this summer, to which I would say, "Mm, I don't think that's what you mean. (laughs) And now, on to having fun with Texas. If you haven't heard by now, the American press recently picked up on an interesting linguistic phenomenon in Norway, where the word Texas is slang for crazy. Indeed, it turns out that for several years, Norwegians have used the word to describe a situation that's chaotic, out of control, or excitingly unpredictable. For example, the crowd at the concert last night was totally Texas. Well, this may seem like a bit of a stretch to many American English speakers. When examined through the lens of linguistics, it's actually a pretty natural extension of the word Texas. It's fairly common for a word's meaning to shift over time. Speakers will often use a word in a new way that applies to just one aspect of the term's earlier connotations. And emphasizing this single aspect will eventually narrow the word's meaning depending on the context. In fact, crazy itself is currently undergoing multiple meaning changes. More broadly, it was traditionally used to convey insane or aberrant thinking. However, English speakers have since split apart these aspects, emphasizing just one to create a new meaning. Crazy can equal fast-paced or frantic, as in, I've been crazy busy this week. Crazy can equal bizarre or odd, as in mustard on your taco, that's crazy. And crazy can equal dangerous or lethal, as in what's your plan for when a crazy gunman breaks into your school? 
This last usage in particular has annoyed mental health activists. Even though people with mental illness aren't usually dangerous, expressions like psychokiller and crazed gunman often appear together. It's the first meaning of crazy, however, that Norwegians are invoking when referring to situations that are totally Texas, the kind of crazy that's wild, frantic, or chaotic. The story of Norwegians using Texas also demonstrates that words don't simply get refashioned within the same language. Rather, words can be borrowed from one and applied to another, which often results in a changed meaning in the new setting. This, too, has a long history that can be seen as words cross geographic and cultural boundaries. Beyond Texas, other English words have changed meaning when borrowed by other languages. For example, the Japanese now use the word feminisuto, adapted from feminist. In Japanese, it means a chivalrous man, one who does things like being polite to women. Another shift shows up in the word handy, which Germans borrowed from the English language. There, it refers to a cell phone. Words can also change meaning when absorbed into English. For example, poncho has become narrower in meaning. Borrowed from South American Spanish, it originally meant woolen fabric. Now it describes a particular piece of clothing, often a plastic one used in the rain. And tycoon had shifted too. It's borrowed from Chinese via Japanese and originally meant high official or great nobleman. Today, it's primarily used to describe a businessman who's made a lot of money. The borrowing of words isn't a modern phenomenon either. According to Diane Nichols of Macmillan English Dictionaries, it'll often take place when, quote, different language communities come into contact with each other, unquote. And settlers did come from Norway to Texas. The town of Clifton, Texas, where a third of the population is of Norwegian descent, has been dubbed the Norwegian capital of Texas. However, this new world outpost of Norway uses a different, older dialect of Norwegian, so Texans from Clifton are unfamiliar with this new bit of slang. It also turns out that communities can come into contact in ways that aren't actually physical. In the case of Norwegians' use of Texas, the borrowing may not originate from physical contact, but through cultural aspiration. In fact, throughout much of Europe, the image of the American Wild West appeals to a set of beliefs, perhaps stereotypical or false, about the apparent freedom and lawlessness in the West during the 19th century. These enthusiastic ideas about American frontier life can be seen in places like Sweden's Wild West theme parks. And Germany has been fascinated with cowboys and the American frontier from as early as the 1890s, when Buffalo Bill Cody toured Germany. 20th century movies, novels, and TV shows continue to promote myths of the Wild West while prominently featuring Texas. Ultimately, the Norwegian use of Texas makes sense because it follows some recognized linguistic principles. It indicates the narrowing of meaning over time, it reflects a change in meaning when applied to a new cultural context, and it represents a glamorized, if stereotypical, view of another culture. So why did Norwegians settle on the term Texas to describe something fast-paced and frantic? Given the portrayal of Texas in 19th and 20th century popular culture, they'd be crazy not to. That segment was written by Laurel Stevan, Associate Professor and Chair of Linguistics at the University of Texas Arlington. 
and it originally appeared on The Conversation. It's included here under a Creative Commons license, and since it was originally published a few years ago, I was worried that as slang, this use of Texas may have faded away. But I did some follow-up research, and it does appear that Norwegians are still using Texas to mean wild or chaotic. For example, I found a tweet from last week in which one person who seemed to be in Norway responded to someone describing irrational parking rules by saying, quote, Square Street is a little Texas, unquote. Thanks this week to Sarah Farabi, who listens while eating breakfast, and Aaron79705 for the reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all the Grammar Girl articles and older podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.